You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. The car feature. Yeah, I've started to really like this feature. Well, the times I've been sitting in here for Elibukhini Mabocha because I'm learning so much uh, about what actually happens with our cars. So uh, today we're talking about a right to repair and servicing your car. And, you know, servicing your car <laughs> can bring some very unpleasant surprises. Now, you send it in for a routine check. You get that little reminder on your dashboard and you've got to send it in and then you get that phone call a couple of hours later to say, we found this, we found that, we found that. Things you were not even aware were wrong with your car. In my case, you didn't even know the car had that part. And then, you know, various other things uh, that need to get done. And if you don't have a motor plan uh, or you haven't put aside any money for just in case, it can be quite a shocker, uh, you know, heart palpitation stuff. So we we wanted to chat about just, you know, what's been happening over the past year since uh, right to repair uh, came into effect and, and what that actually means, if you're still not aware of what that uh, what that means. And to help us uh, talk about this and, and to set the record straight and explain it all to us is Gunter Schmitz. He's chairman at Right to Repair South Africa. Gunter, good afternoon and thanks so much for your time. So let's talk about right to repair and, 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 and for those who might not be aware uh, about what happened over a year ago um, were right to repair coming into effect uh, about a year ago, uh, the 1st of July, if I'm not mistaken. Just tell us what it did for, for those who actually need this kind of service. Hi, Yubeka. Good afternoon to you and your listeners. Um, so right to repair came into effect in South Africa in July um, last year, 1st mm. of July, after... Um, well, I think it's altogether just a 10 years um, um, discussions first with the manufacturers and then um, the last few years the competition commission mm. got involved um, and then they brought out the, the guidelines um, for um, competition in the aftermarket in the automotive aftermarket. That's the correct term right mm-hmm. repair is just our, um, the name we've given to ourselves taken from overseas. Um, the basic principle of what guides us at right repair is that we say we want to um, allow consumer choice and um, fair competition in the automotive aftermarket. Mm. Um, background is um, basically that obviously um, companies and manufacturers in this case try to keep their customers with them as long as possible. Yeah. And um, some of the methods they used in the past was that they forced you to use them um, if your car was under warranty, um, that they didn't um, make technical information, in some cases even certain technical parts um, available to, to independent service providers, and that they, especially in the luxury segment, they sold a lot of motor vehicles with um, so-called motor plans or mm, service plans, mm. um, and especially not giving the consumer the choice. And that has changed now. Um, the Competition Commission has said very clearly the consumer must have the choice. So when you buy a new motor vehicle um, and um, you must be able to choose, you can say, you know what, I'm living in Springbok. Um, there is no Citroen dealership. Mm, um, mm. Selling me the motor vehicle without the motor plan. Um, um, or if you say, you know what, actually I want peace of mind, please mm. sell me the car with motor plan. That's your choice as well. Okay. So that's the, the first point to that. The second point is now if you, you bought the car, um, you have to pay for the servicing cost, but you have a five-year warranty. Now, after two years, you decide, actually, I'm not happy with my service provider. I'm not oh. happy with my dealership. I'm going to take it to an independent guy. My family has been yeah. using her for 20 years. Yes. Without this guy, you can take it, your car there. And if okay. now 
that you know he does a service on your motor vehicle and um there is a problem with your um with your gearbox for example so yeah. completely unrelated the manufacturer cannot just say oh but you voided your warranty because you've taken it to the independent okay. service provider so okay. that's the the second point so the so the warranty won't get affected so just clarify for me gunter mm-hmm. is uh, can you take it now to anyone um even if you are this has to be you don't have a motor plan you didn't take a motor plan or do you have a choice mm-hmm. even if you have a motor plan you've taken it when you bought that car from that particular dealership that you can take it somewhere else so while you still have a motor plan you have to use the, you have to. the provider okay yes and that and I, I, we've also we advocated that because um you say you know Whoever pays for the bill should have a say in where the car is taken to. I think that's just fair. Yes. And, but also the same, same argument, if you pay for the repair because you decide to use an independent service um, because the car is under warranty, you should be able to choose an independent service provider. So that's the, the basic guiding principle behind it. Okay. All right. Um, and... Uh, uh you you have that choice you have you, you this is now what it means they cannot force you to take that car with the motor plan you have that choice and when you opt not to take that plan with that particular dealership or that uh, car maker for example then mm-hmm. you can opt to go and take it anywhere else and it won't affect even when you want to resell your car um, it, it won't affect you know some people can be fussy they want to know that it was only serviced by that particular uh, dealership uh, wh- whoever that might be luxury cars if that's what you're talking about um, the, can 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 people insist on that does it affect the resale of cars have you seen so, that happen um, the, um, I think it, well, it depends the mo- first of all it's important that you service your car yes, yes. you, have you, to you should have it serviced by a reputable service provider yes so if you if you use a reputable company and I don't want to <laughs> put names out there now, but if, <laughs> yeah, if yeah. it's a reputable company that has a brand name out there that people recognise, I don't think it's going to affect the value of your car. Okay. Um, obviously, if you if you've got a service book and there are you know in in um, five service you use five different services provider that nobody ever heard of and um, they don't even have a um, company stamp, um, you know a buyer might question. You know, um, yes. the service were carried out properly. So um, I think it's important that you use a reputable company and that they also, they must, um, you know, they should guarantee you that they service the car according to the manufacturer specifications. Okay. Obviously, you have to make sure they use the right oil and they use the right um, parts. Yes. But there are, you know, many reputable companies out there doing that. All right. We have a couple of questions coming through, a couple of callers. Mm-hmm. So let's just see. Um, uh, Peter, in Pretoria, you have a question about spare parts. Afternoon. Yes, good afternoon, and hi, Gunta. Um, hi, Peter. Uh, just want to get an idea how far this right to repair actually goes, because in my case, what happened is I wanted to look for alternative uh, spare parts, but the mm-hmm. agents of the vehicle, which is Sabaro, uh, on, their, on their quote, they only give you the price. They, they refuse to put the part number. So now it's mm-hmm. not possible for me or for anybody else to to uh, obtain alternative quotes for that part number. And that part number is, of course, linked to the VIN number. So on their system, they can see which which parts to use with what VIN number. Uh, it can even buy parts overseas. But I don't have a means or, or found a means to uh, identify which parts belong to which VIN number and uh, the agents also want to protect this. So has this also now been affected? Is it now open? Do they need to yes. disclose the part numbers? 
Yes, they have to disclose the prime number. So the, the third aspect of right repair, which I haven't mentioned yet, is, is that the manufacturers have to make technical information available. So they need to provide information on how the motor vehicles are repaired, on diagnostics, and that also includes the, the part numbers. All right. So you can follow Thank up with the Subaru dealership. They should give you that information. All right. And, and, and they, they should give you that, that list of approved parts, Gunther? Is there a list that's out there? And, you, and as, a, as a consumer, as a motorist, you have a car owner, you have access to that? It's, well, it's, not a, it's not a list of approved parts as such. It's basically the, the manufacturers obviously sell their parts, which they, you know, most of them they buy somewhere else, but mm. they sell their parts with their unique part number that they've allocated to this during their production process and during, and, you know, when they supply to their dealerships. Um, but that part number they should um, provide you with if um, when you get a quote from them. All right, and you know this this so question. You do your research. Okay, so. no, no. This question about spare parts reminds me of advice from my dad. He always said to me, "Make sure they give you the old parts in a packet. Make sure you get to see those old parts that they've taken out and replaced." And I suppose it's valid. It is valid because not not everybody is as honest out there, right, as we would like them to be. Well, well to be quite honest, I think, and I've been in this industry mm. for many years, also in Germany, it's. Um, it's, you know, it really, I don't think it's that much of an issue because yeah. normally the, the most workshops keep all parts available and the biggest repair cost is the labor. Yeah. So it's, yeah. you know, for a workshop to, to use your old parts somewhere else, it's, you know, if, yeah, it, it has to be a very dodgy place. <laughs> no, I think it was more to make sure that they didn't leave the old parts in and they actually did replace them. So you wanted to see the yeah. old parts as proof that it was replaced. Tavo in Pretoria yeah. East, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Rebecca. Um, my question for Gunter is, it's all good and well to be opening up the market for uh, other after-sales uh, uh, workshops to, to service our vehicles. My question is around the guarantees that they give after your vehicle has been serviced. Do you give a 1,000 kilometer, 5,000 kilometer to say, we guarantee our work will be to the same level as the, the, the original manufacturer? And should that not happen, would they have then a pool of vehicles for you to source from as a courtesy vehicle, which is usually why you take your vehicle, if it's a Toyota, to a Toyota, VW, to a VW, because if you have to take your car back, mm. you know, at least you can press on them and say, um, I brought the car here, you guys didn't fix it properly, give me a vehicle while you sort out your mess. Will the after-sales, uh, the right-to-repair guys be able to do the same in terms of, firstly, um, guaranteeing their work, and secondly, giving us vehicles to be able to, to move around and still work? Thanks so much. Well, I mean, let me let me use an example from a different industry. If you fly um, overseas and you decide to fly first class with Emirates, you've got a chauffeur taking you to the airport and they check you in and they carry your luggage and all those kinds of extras mm. which you pay for. If you decide, you know, actually, I don't need that. I'm quite happy my buddy is going to drop me off at the airport. I'm going to fly economy class. Then you don't get that. But you're still flying the flight. It's still the flight that you're on. It's just the one you've got more legroom, you've got more, um, better food, you've got champagne to drink, while the other one you pay a lot less, but you've got a smaller seat. Um, and I think it's a bit similar in this industry. As a consumer, you've got the choice. Do you want to go to, um, you know, do you want a service provider? And as I said, you get independent service provider who also give you courtesy cars, who also offer you um, drop-off service um, that give you a two-year um, 60,000 or 100,000 kilometer warranty, you get independent service providers offering that as well. And you get other service providers who only give you a six-month warranty, which is kind of the minimum. Um, 
But again, that's, it's your choice to choose the service provider. And I think that's what right repair is about. Mm. As a consumer, you must have the choice. Okay, Tabo, does it answer your question? Are you satisfied? <laughs> Definitely. Thank you. Okay. All right, Tavo. Great. If you have a question for Gunter, 011-883-0702, or WhatsApp us, uh, send us a, a message or voice note, 072-702-1702. And please don't send me questions like, I've seen this light come on in my car. What does it mean? Gunter's not here as a mechanic. He's here to talk to you about right to repair and your rights when it comes to servicing your car and your choices out there, right? So please, uh, uh, Gunter. I suppose many people might be wondering as well, are they entitled to this? Does right to repair, uh, does it uh, apply to cars that were bought before this came into effect in July last year? Does it matter at all when their car was, was purchased? Um, it, well, it doesn't matter, but obviously the, um, when we talk about a motor planner, when you bought your car, uh, if you bought your car before it came into effect and you bought your car with a motor plan, the motor plan is in place, you paid for it. So... You know, you don't want to avoid that motor plan. So I would recommend anybody, if you've got a car with a motor plan, finish using that motor plan. Mm. All right. Uh, we've got a voice note coming through. It's a comment about servicing cars. Let's take a listen. Good afternoon. I'm pretty sure this message won't get across to the listeners. But I, for one, if I must buy a BMW, a Mercedes, or any brand like that, a new car, Toyota, it actually doesn't matter. I would never have it serviced at any place other than the actual dealership, the actual owner of the brand. So if it's a BMW, it'll go to BMW. And I will never buy a car, a BMW or Merck, doesn't matter whatever, second hand, if it was serviced by someone else other than that specific brand, which means the car's value will definitely drop. And your guest can say what he pleases, but people will vote with their pockets. Not me, not anyone I know will buy a car that wasn't serviced by the dealership. Mm, some pretty strong feelings there about yeah. that one, Gunter. Your, your, your thoughts yeah. on that? <clears throat> yeah, well, it's, I mean, obviously the OEMs have spent a lot of money on marketing to, to um, get that resentment across and that feeling. Um, but it's part of their, their marketing strategy. Um, mm. Just to, I mean, just to illustrate a point, um, people often talk about original parts. Yes. 99% of the parts that get replaced um, during the lifetime of motor vehicle independent workshops are not produced by the manufacturer. They're made by companies like Bosch, and you know there's a Bosch car service out there. Ah, okay. So, no, I did mention when they're made by companies like ZF. Um, those are all manufacturers providing parts, supplying parts to the OEMs. The okay. OEM assembles the car, they make the chassis parts, that's something they do produce themselves, but 99% of the moving parts, the parts they could replace, is made by independent suppliers and they sell the same parts, exactly the same parts from the same factory, the same production line mm. to the independent aftermarket. Interestingly okay. enough, so one of the changes we've seen since Light Repair came into effect is that mm-hmm. some of the manufacturers started buying parts from classical aftermarket suppliers. Um, oh. There's a big South African food manufacturer. So suddenly the manufacturers started buying from them and started selling these parts at their dealerships, as, um, especially for auto vehicles, mm. because they realize they need to do something to remain competitive in the market. Yeah.
And I suppose you, you would have to hope that the place that you're actually taking your car to be serviced, if, if it's not to the manufacturer or not where you bought the car from, is you need to make sure that they are proper. So when they say they are going to be getting and using proper parts, uh, you, you know, you, you would trust that. So Gunter, what, what do I need to, to, to check for? What are the questions I need to ask or what certification do I need to see? Because we have all these flyers being handed out at intersections, come and service your car, do, you know, all these places. How do I know that I'm choosing the right one? and that they are legit and credible. Yeah. So obviously, I mean, look, at is it, is it an established brand? Has the workshop been there for a while, or has it just popped up um, two weeks ago? Um, I think that's the, the first thing I would look at. Second thing is ask them, what do they have insurance if something goes wrong? Mm-hmm. Um, which, by the way, should even ask your dealership as well. But, yeah, well yes. Um, <laughs> but so, so just make sure that they've got insurance in place, and then also what guarantees do they provide? Um, and I think then you're pretty much covered. If, if those things are um, there, then you can obviously you can go with the, um, the associations, the biggest associations. So that we've obviously been the Motor Industry Workshop Association, and they have certain um, quality checks. They check, for example, that each of their members does have insurance in place. Um, so there are you know some some things that um, help mm-hmm. you um, find a reputable workshop. Okay, great. Um, we have another voice note. It's uh, about spares. Uh, let's take a listen. Good afternoon. I've got a question for Gunther. So in the case you want to get a quotation from, let's for example, I'm, I'm just using this as an example, Bosch Repair Center to give you a quote. And they say, okay, they will only do the work if they supply the spares. So I weren't allowed to go and buy the spares from, example, a, a third-party supplier like Goldwagen and take the spares to Bosch for service. They refused. Is, is that something that's acceptable under, under this? Thanks. All right, Gunther. Interesting question. Yes. Yes, that is acceptable because obviously that tries to do business. And if you, I mean, if you, some, some restaurants, allow corkage other restaurants will say no you buy the wine that we sell so i think it's and it's same with workshops it's um they can decide the only fit parts that we buy so but i would also recommend to you this yes sometimes it seems to you like you might be saving a bit of money buying your own parts but there's a lot of um risk you take and consequences because now what if something does go wrong who do you approach yeah the the place where you bought the parts or the workshop um, so I would, that's where I would recommend, you know, those, the last, those last 10 rand um, to save those, I don't think it's worth it, to be quite honest. Yeah, I mean, let, let all the risks sit in one place because then, yeah, it becomes yeah. a who actually is responsible. So, yes, very, very sensible that. Um, in, in, what, in, in what case can warranties be voided, Gunther, when, when it comes to this issue? Yeah. So, if, um, so if you do something to your car or you a service provider that does something to your car that actually causes the damage. So there's actually casual link between the uh, causal link between the, the the failure and something that was done to your car, then whoever did that to your car is liable. So simple example. Mm. If um, you know if you take your car to petrol station, you ask them to, t- to top up your oil, mm. and they accidentally pour oil, uh, water instead of oil in, mm. and causes engine damage. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you, you, um, the manufacturer is not going to give you warranty on that failure. Um, mm. So the same, obviously, if you take it to an independent workshop, or if your neighbor does that to, neighbor does that to your car, mm. um, then it's your, um, um, then, well, you should recover the, the um, damage from the 
um, from the yeah. company that caused the damage. Okay. But it's also why it's important to make sure that the the service provider you use has insurance in place. Um, but if, for example, you fit an aftermarket toba, and now you've got an engine problem, um, and the manufacturer declines the um, warranty on the engine because of the aftermarket toba, then you can clearly show there is now a causal link between the two and the warranty cannot be declined. Also very important, the warranty can only be declined for that certain component. Ah, okay. So again, going back to the you know water and the yes. kind of oil in the in the engine, um, the so the warranty on the engine can be declined, but the gearbox, for example, keeps its warranty. Okay, all right, very interesting. So, Gunter, uh, just to wrap up, I mean, what have been the more common experiences since right to repair actually came into effect? What what have been the pros and cons of it? Um, what have you heard, and 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 what have people been telling you? Well, I think mostly the the biggest effect is that the art market is open, and what we've seen as a side effect, and that's I think positive side effect, is that the the um, spare parts prices at the dealerships have come down a bit. And that's a decent observation I've made. Um, so I think it's a positive effect for the consumer. Mm. Um, well, it hasn't been a run on independent workshops, but we never expected that. Um, yes. It's it's about opening up the market, giving the consumer the choice. And that's also, if, I mean, uh, we had that earlier listener, if he wants to take his car to the dealership, that's, yes, that's his that's choice. That's his choice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like, you know, you get... Yes. You know, we all have certain preferences. And Some people will only standards. Shop at a yes, <laughs> clothing brand. And, yeah. yeah. Okay. And he wants peace of mind when he's on the road, I suppose, as well in yeah. that car with his family. Well, Gunter, thanks very much. Uh, it's it's been an eye opener for me, and I've certainly learnt a lot this afternoon things I wasn't aware of, and, and I'm sure many people have. And I just want to give out that Motor Industry Workshop Association you said that they can go to if they have any queries. And you as well, you're at Right to Repair South Africa. So queries, uh, or if they have issues as well, uh, that's where they can find you. Gunter Schmitz, thanks very much. Uh, this has been Afternoons with Rele Bukhilima Bocha, but with me, Yuveka Rangupai. It's been an absolute pleasure.